The Guardian. Hello, I'm Sean Tan, and this is The Guardian Children's Books Podcast. And very excitingly for The Guardian Children's Books Podcast, this podcast comes from Stockholm in Sweden. Sean's here for the award ceremony of the Astrid Lindgren Award, which he has won, and it's the largest children's books prize in the world. It comes with a whopping great prize of 5 million Swedish krona, which is nearly half a million pounds, and a whole load of prestige. Astrid Lindgren is, of course, uh, Sweden's most famous children's writer, and she's the author of Pippi Longstocking. And are you a Pippi fan? Yeah, I'm a Pippi fan, but um, I didn't grow up with the, the Pippi Longstocking books. It's a very weird book, um, so I quite I quite appreciate the surrealism in it and the, the sort of nonsense in it. But it's a kind of meaningful nonsense. Well, while I've been here, I've been introduced to a lot of um, Astrid Lindgren's other work, and uh, many of these are books that I, I didn't really know about prior to this award. And to see how highly they're regarded here in Sweden, it's like um, an amazing sort of reverence for this author and her work. Um, both from children and adults. And it's part of a more general respect for children's literature and even more broadly for childhood here. I guess, I guess like Astrid Lindgren's work has had a lot to do with that as well, like not just the literature, but she's been quite outspoken in the past on um, issues of children's rights. The prize is awarded to someone who works in the spirit of her. How do you feel that you do that? I don't worry too much about if the subject matter is a bit dark or a little unsettling. In fact, I'm kind of attracted to that in my work. A lot of my books deal with themes like um, immigration and alienation and to some extent disability and imbalances in society. And I know this is a theme that underscores both a lot of her work and and past winners of of this award. They all seem to be organisations or individuals who are... have an interest in redressing the imbalances in society. Um, Not just for children either, but just generally. I used to often think that, oh, some of these stories are maybe not suitable for children myself. I'd be concerned about it. Now I don't worry about it because so many um, children and, you know, even really young children, their responses are just so impressive. They spend time and they really examine the work. It might not be the same reactions I have to the work, but it's just as deep, you know, and... There is an intersection of an emotional reading that they sort of, that's where children primarily read a story, they're looking for emotion. And that's where most um, artists and writers are looking as well. And we're going to hear now from some of the uh, children in the workshop that Sean did today. Mostly I'll be drawing today and showing you a few drawing tips. I'm hoping that you all like drawing. It doesn't matter if you think that you're good at drawing or not. I'm just going to show you some things that will maybe help you. I think the age you're at is the age that I really started to get interested in drawing. But it's also the age that drawing becomes difficult. So you might remember when you were about five or six, drawing was like really fun and easy. You didn't really worry about getting things wrong so much. And part of the skill of being an artist is to not worry too much about that. And feel free to make mistakes. Do you want to tell me what your name is? Mwonosha. And what have you drawn here? I draw a boy and a... I don't know what that is, but... A horse and a snake, I think. He's also happy. A little bit. My name is Jacob. I'm 13. 
Actually, I have no idea. I start with a little piece of that creature from the arrival and then I chose two more animals, like a unicorn and a spider. And do you like this? Yeah, it's a really good book. It says lots of how it could be in the world and both good and bad things. I can't believe how much details it really is in this book. It helps sometimes to just sketch in the shadows, sort of get a sense of where it's sitting. And then, because uh, he's higher than that, that guy, he'd probably have to be on something, unless he's floating in the air, like that. That's that's meant to be like a hill or something. Another rock there, just so it looks more realistic. That's good. But yeah, I like the design of this guy. Thanks. And your name is? Jacob. Jacob? With a K. Okay. I thought of a narwhale, you know, because it's so sort of round like that. Lucy <laughs> thought that his human looked a bit like you. Yeah, a bit. I need to part my hair in the middle though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tell kids when I have the chance not to be afraid if they do make mistakes so that's the first thing but also that the mistakes are actually quite useful especially with drawing and they kind of know this intuitively anyway especially younger children you know they just make a mark and they say oh now this looks like a lion no no wait it's a rhinoceros or something you know um, the artist Paul Klee always said it's like taking a line for a walk especially older children I try to emphasize that they need to just postpone the need for meaning or or good technical skills and just worry about the action first and just sort of go with the spirit of drawing. And certainly for myself, the older I get and the more I practice as an artist, the more I've come to depend on accidents. I look at my earlier work and I see how controlled it is and how it's kind of pushing both the material and subjects into a particular form. And nowadays, I like to let the paint run and do whatever it wants to do. And I'll just, I'll just work with those accidents. I've got a question here from an 11-year-old, one of our Guardian Children's Book site members. And it's Henry. And he says, I want to be an artist when I grow up. What advice can you give me? You may have partly answered that already. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main thing is to just draw a lot. When I say draw, I also mean that it has to be an element of conscientiousness so not unlike schoolwork you do have to take it a little bit seriously I think a lot of people think that being an artist is um, all fun and recreation and that it's a bit like a a hobby and it is it is a lot of fun it's it's quite recreational it's playing but at the same time um, it's difficult it's frustrating it, it drives me crazy sometimes how hard it is and, uh, you know, you're constantly doing work that you don't like. You're having to solve problems with a picture that are, you know, not obvious and, and simple. And um, the good artists are the ones that persevere. They don't mind continuing to work on a drawing or painting when it stops being fun. There usually is a, a point in, in any particular work where... Um, a third of the way in or two-thirds of the way in, it becomes very difficult and you, you really want to abandon it. Um, but I found that if you persist, you actually cross this threshold and you end up um, in this nice space where you, you actually come up with some 
good drawing at the end and you realize something about it. So that's an important thing, that if drawing stops being fun doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. In fact, that's, that's normal. And I guess the other thing is that you just really have to draw a lot. It's like anything. Um, talent is not really that relevant. It's the actual labor and um, practice. And, uh, you know, I think you need a minimum of 5,000 hours of drawing to actually be good. And anyone who does it for that amount of time is going to be good at it. And ideally 10,000 hours. Hi, my name's Dora and I'm eight. And in year three, I was completely inspired by your books. And I'd just like to ask you, when you were about my age, did you want to be an author artist or something completely different? I was interested in both reading and looking at pictures. I think when I was eight, the film E.T. just came out. And so there was a period there when I, when I really wanted to be a film director. But uh, I was actually, I, I really started to make um, picture books around that age. Very small stories, usually about three scientists that go on an adventure, getting sucked into a whirlpool or lost in an asteroid belt and they discover some um, creatures living on a, in another universe and escape with treasure and blow things up, this sort of stuff. There was one that I did, um, would have been eight going on nine, which was maybe the first complete picture book, which was one of those stories about the whirlpool. And... Uh, I illustrated it. Um, my mum helped me, I think, by um, you know helping me to put the book together physically, and, and uh, it was actually in the school library, and other kids could borrow it. Um, it went missing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was my first um, picture book. I don't think I necessarily thought about it as a career. Question from Anna, who's nine, and she says, "I love your books, but I've read them all." And you don't make new ones very quickly. <laughs> she, she says, I, I do understand why. Um, but who, who else do you recommend that I read if I like your books? Being here in, in Sweden, I met um, Kitty Crowther, who was a previous winner. I'm not sure to what extent her work is translated into English, but um, those books actually do have a similar kind of tone and um, resolution of sort of moral dilemmas that, that my books aspire towards. I was very influenced by uh, Chris Van Olsberg, who's an American um, picture book author and illustrator. Quite different to me, but um, some similar terrain, mysterious pictures and so on. There's a book called The Mysteries of Harris Burdick, which uh, I read as a child and it still influences me a bit now. What's next? What are you working on at the moment? And at the moment I'm working on a, on a picture book. In some ways it's returning to a conventional picture book form, but it's also, you know, I want to experiment with doing paintings in a slightly different medium and, and a different kind of story structure and um, different characters and so I'm, I'm just starting that at the moment and, uh, you know, I'll be seeing how that goes. great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio